Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a saner, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I can ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. I'm winning. Can't tell me I'm not. Yeah. Ain't nobody gon' tell me I'm not. I'm winning. Can't tell me I'm not. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. His name is Trinity Trey. Now, he was referred to me from last week's guest, Tia Ingram. And this is why I love when I get referrals because I meet such amazing and such interesting people. So she referred Trinity Trey to me. I contacted him. He was more than willing to do the show, which was I greatly appreciate. And he has an amazing story to tell about how he found God. In addition to this, he's also a rapper. So guys, without further ado, here is Trinity Trey's amazing story about how he found God. Hello, Trinity Trey. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? I am doing awesome. Thank you so much for being on the Finding God podcast. It's truly a pleasure to have you here with us on the show. Well, I thank you as well. It's, it's a blessing to, to be uh, invited for the interview. You're welcome. Now, I do have some questions I want to ask you. And like I tell everyone, um, I usually try to ask these questions to find out how it affected you and your relationship with God. But if at any point, it's too personal or something you don't exactly feel comfortable with sharing. Just let me know and we will go from there. Okay. My, my wife would tell you my life is open book. So it's very seldom that, that somebody asks me something that I don't talk on. She might hit me in the back like, hey, be quiet. But I'll, I'll probably tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, as long as we're good, I guess I will start the interview. So my first question is, how was your childhood and what was it like? I had a great childhood. Um, only child. My mother, it was just me and my mother. My my father died before I was born. Never got a chance to meet him. Um, so my mother worked hard. She was a uh, housekeeper most of my life. So worked for a lot of rich people. So I, I'd go over there and, and help out of, uh, at, at her job and whatnot. But I, I had a wonderful childhood. 
great mother. Oh, that sounds awesome. So when you were younger, did you guys go to church or did you know anything about God? How What was that like? Uh, I went to church quite, quite a bit. I was I was raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and up and down my neighborhood, there were preachers up and down my neighborhood, around the corner, uh, on the corner, all that type of stuff. So me being the only child, I guess so my mom could get a little freedom on Sunday. She put me on the church buses or either send me with one of the preacher kids uh, to church. Um, so... Yeah, throughout throughout my childhood, I was I was in and out of church. Um, never got a full meaning of salvation or redemption. Oh wow! No, I was laughing because I was thinking about it. Because I know when I was younger, we went to church. My mom would take us, but we had like this little class that we went to, and then the grownups could relax and enjoy church while we <laughs> sat in our class. And right. so she did get maybe a half an hour break from us before we came back in church and sat down. So. No, I totally understand that. So how was it being an only child? Because I have siblings, so I don't exactly know what that's like. But I always thought it would be awesome to be an only child. So was it as good and great as I thought it would be? Or were there some drawbacks? It was actually cool. I had a cousin. He's two months older than me. And uh, my mother had me at 16. His mother had him at 17. So we were still in my grandparents' household for a quick second until uh, about a year or two. And so we were like brothers and he ended up moving to Memphis when we were 12 and a half. So on the weekends, even when we didn't live in the same household, he would come over, I would go over his place. Um, but just being an only child, it, it's, it's cool. But then again, it, it gets boring. I guess that brings about why I started doing music is when you're bored enough, you just kind of pick up the microphone or, or just start recording stuff. I started recording. I think I recorded my first, uh, myself singing the first time. I think I was nine years old when, when Purple Rain was out. Somewhere around, I won't, you know, it kind of tell you my age, but <laughs> so it adds ups and downs. Oh, that is awesome! So, what made you realize that you could sing at such a young age and even go and record yourself? Like, what motivated you to do that? No, I, I have an uncle. Matter of fact, that cousin, uh, his name is Tyron. His, his father, Michael, is from Memphis, and they're they're all living in Memphis now. But um, my uncle Michael sung and he played the guitar i can't sing i can i can harmonize if like if i'm in a choir i'm cool uh but i'm not a singer i can't sing um but i started doing music just uh looking up to him and he tried to teach me how to play the guitar and whatnot but i would at nine years old not really focused but he had a little recording uh machine kind of like a karaoke machine but they didn't have karaoke machines back then and so I, I, I recorded a Prince song. I won't say what it was because it was not a spiritual song. Let's put it like that. And uh, at the age of nine, I shouldn't have been recording that song. But that just kind of like started me on wanting to do, to do music. So oh, That is amazing. So as you got older, did this love for music continue to progress? And where did it take you as you got older? Okay. Well, um, yeah, we'd always lip sync, things like that. And then around 16 years old, I started going to Central High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And a lot of us started going there. It was my sophomore year in high school. And a lot of us, uh, a lot of my friends started going at the same time. I had a friend named Rashid from California. And crazy as it sounds, he got kicked out of California for doing two, two months, just put it like that, and had to come live with his father. And he used to rap. He used to beat on the tables and rap in driver's ed or, or would be at the lunch table and people beatbox and, you know, beat on the table. And as corny as it sounds, we were skipping, we were skipping class one day, walking across the street to a burger place called Ted's Hamburgers. And I asked him, I said, how do you do that? 
And he said, do what? I said, the rap, how you just come off the top of your head? And he laughed at me, you know, because uh, that's a corny question, I guess. But he said, man, just just go home and write. You're good at poetry because English was my favorite subject. He said, you're good at poetry. Go home and write something, then come back and say it to me. So we skipped in the next day again. And uh, I say what I, I recited what I wrote. And he fell out laughing. And I'm like, what? And he said, I said, is it corny? He said, ah, it's a little corny. It's kind of DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, but it's just not who you are. Write something about like how you are. So to say that, to say this, he was my Mr. Miyagi of rap. So I just kind of just followed behind him. I tried dancing. There wasn't me. So I, I stuck to rapping and started doing talent shows uh, in high school. And then eventually uh, doing talent shows um, at OU, OSU, things like that. But that's how, that's how my, my rap career, that was secular rap. That's how it started. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, how you mentioned that was secular rap. So how did you first go, you know, how did God fit into all of this during your adolescence and as you're going through this period in your life when you're starting to rap and go to high school and, you know, do all the fun things adolescents do? How did God fit into this whole process? It's kind of wild. God, God had his hand on me. For, for quite some time, even though I, I was breaking the, the chain and, and going otherwise, just to be honest, we started running with a gang when I was 16, started doing burglaries when I was 16. Um, I was doing miscellaneous crimes. Nobody ever knew until I finally got caught doing one. I think I was 18 because I lived, I, you know how people keep a mask on and I, I was the nice guy. I could go to anybody's house and, and I was just raised the right way. Was, unless you were in my inner circle, you didn't really know I was out there doing crimes and whatnot. So my, my senior in high school, I have a friend named Bertrand Bailey. He comes from a long line of preachers. It sounds crazy, but he does. Uh, and he's a big time preacher right now. He has a church in Louisiana and also in Texas. And my senior year, um, he got, I, I won't say he got me, but we did. My, I did my first Christian song. Uh, was far from being a Christian. Believe me, I was, but I did a song called This Love. He sung and I rapped. And um, he told me at that time, I had a calling on my life for a long time and bumped my head over and over over again. And then eventually, uh, God had other plans for me, but I, 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 I resisted. Let's put it like that. And at the age of 38, went to the penitentiary and did six and a half years in the penitentiary. Yeah, that was enough time to, to say, hey, I submit to you, Lord, no longer my way, but your way. And I started building a relationship with the Lord and quit writing for the world and started writing for the Lord. So uh, we, me, and, me and a couple of friends of mine, we had a group called Peculiar Priesthood. Peculiar meaning uh, belongs specifically to someone or something. We belong to God, uh, whereas peculiar, peculiar people. Uh, so we started doing music together at the, at the, at the uh, um, chapel in, in the penitentiary. And got out, hit the ground running, and been serving the Lord ever since, started recording as soon as I got out, been on a One Body in Christ tour with a lot of my brothers from different states, and headed to Alabama, I, I guess I, I got a little ahead of myself, headed to Alabama this, this uh, Friday uh, for Rede Redemption Fest, so God has actually played a part in my life for quite some time, um, and you know, his word said, I never leave you, nor forsake you, we'll, we'll leave him and not, not realize that he's watching over you. And he had his hand in my life so many times where I've been shot at. I've been ran over by a truck, put in a coma, have a metal rod in my leg. The list goes down the line. Uh, but God, as they say, he had better plans for me. And uh, I'm just truly blessed that he chose me before the foundation of the earth was laid. So. That is huge. When you talk about how 
you tried it your own way, you bumped your head against the wall so many times, then finally you were in a situation where you just said, okay, this is not working, and you started to rely on God. But just the fact that you knew he was there, you knew he was there to help you, and regardless of what you did, you still knew that you could come to him, regardless of what happened. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way, you know? So what made you confident that even after everything that had happened, that God still loved you? What was that thing that made you know from the beginning that God loved you no matter what you did? You know what's so crazy? At the age of, it was either 18 or 19, um, Rashid, the guy who was my guru of, of, of rap, if you will, uh, he went, he, he ended up going back to California, got in trouble, went to CYA for some years and came back home and he was Muslim. Uh, so he, I embraced the Muslim religion at that, at that time and really lost my mind. I won't even go into the whole story, but, uh, I ended up getting into it. I got arrested by the cops. And it was it was a wrongful arrest. And I kept I was talking back and forth to the cops and they ended up whooping on me. I got a knot in my lip behind it, got hog tied, uh, when I say hog tied, handcuffed and, and shackled and, and handcuffed hand to feet. Saying that say to spray pepper pepper spray in my face, put a bag over my face. And yeah, it was supposed to be Muslim, but I started praying to Jesus. And I heard a voice say, play dead. And I played dead. And they thought I was dead. So they took the bag off my face and unshackled me and this, that, and the other. And it's crazy. Even when I had left the relationship with the Lord that I I, I slightly had, because I was still straddling the fence, something terrible. At 18, all the way until 38, I straddled the fence. And, but he never left me, nor forsaken me, nor forsook me, because he had a plan for my life and and he actually saved me. So that that just showed me that, that God had me. Uh, no matter where I was at, that he was going to protect me. And I can go into Psalms 91, divine protection. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress. So, and that's before I even knew scripture, but he knew me. It, I don't know if that even answered your question. Did I go somewhere else with it? No, no, no. You went exactly where I, you answered the question perfectly. And the reason I say okay. that, because I've, I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people, they either felt like, God wasn't there for them, or they, you know, felt like God didn't love them because of something that they did, just based on what they were taught. So I just wanted to see how that played into how you knew to call on God. And it does, because you remember that God loved you regardless of what you did, and that he was always there. And that says a lot from what you must have retained from either your friend or the time you were younger to let you know, you know, to let you know at a young age that, hey, God has you. And then I'm sure God probably let you know that throughout your life by doing different things and showing you in different ways how much he cared for you and how much he loved you. So you answered my question exactly. So as you started to do music and you said you, as soon as you got out, you pretty much went on tour and you started doing a whole bunch of things. What type of music, I know you said you did Christian music, but what was your inspiration to start writing it? Because sometimes... I know a lot of people who may not be songwriters. It's, sometimes it can be difficult to write different types of songs if you're used to writing a certain way. So what was your inspiration to start writing Christian songs? Uh, the Holy Spirit, because I don't feel like I write them. I feel like he writes them. Uh, I, I had a thick stack of, well, I won't even call it scriptures, a thick stack of trash, should I say, when I first got, got locked up. Uh, it was all secular music and it was all, shoot them up bang bang if you will or, or i'll do this i'll do that 
yeah, uh, we'll never use that. By the grace of God, he, he started renewing my mind or allowed, you know, I allowed him to start working on me and molding me. And the Holy Spirit, is, it, all my music is, 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 is God breathed. And I, and I really mean that because I'm reading scripture before I write. I'm praying before I write. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, I don't want to use it. So I, I really feel like we can have fun and, and do Christian music, but I want to make sure mine is Bible-based and the gospel is being proclaimed whenever I'm doing my music. So that, that's what inspired me, the Holy Spirit. And that is nice. That is really nice. And I like when you said that you go by scripture and even though you know, you know, you can have fun and everything, but you wanted to reach people. And I guess there's like a reason for everything. Cause you know, some people who are Christian rappers, they can write the fun stuff and it reached a certain amount of people. You know, I think all of us are called here to reach people based on who we are and our personalities. So everything any of us do or does, it can reach someone. So your calling may be to write more scripture based and that can help somebody definitely where someone else can do something more fun and that can help someone. So um, it's amazing to see how God has led you into your niche, I should say, and like where you are, what people you could reach based on who you are and your personality and your experience because the people you can reach, I couldn't reach and vice versa. So it's amazing to see how this all works out and how you're true to who you are by what you're writing and what you're rapping and what you're saying. Amen. Uh, I I truly agree with that. Yeah, because who I reach, you you won't reach because my testimony is specifically for me. Um, and, And I make it a point to when we're on tour, and we're doing the music in between my songs. It gives me a chance to proclaim the gospel as well. Now, don't get me wrong. In the future, uh, who knows? I might, I might do a little more. Not, not, not that all my songs are serious because some of them are fun. Um, and uh, a lot of, let's say, a lot of the Christian hip hop artists who don't put a lot of scripture in their music, um, from what I hear, because I haven't been to the concerts, but from what I hear, they still take time to pray during the the concerts like they, they'll, they'll stop it in the, in, in, in the midst and actually start praying and and quoting scripture so you know they they use it as a, as a as a catalyst to proclaim the gospel as well it's just a tool that that god has given us we're fishers of men and we put this rap on the hook boom and bait them in and bring them on in and that gives us a chance to uh proclaim the gospel and tell them about jesus christ so yeah and i think like you said i think that All of it is pretty much just talking about God based off of your experience and things that you've gone through. And so even though you say that, um, you know, yours may not, even though I think yours is probably fun too, but it still has a point. And even people who don't write as much scripture based, but they're still Christian rappers, their focus is still there, you know, to tell people about God. And maybe they're talking about, something else that may have like a moral a christian morals or christian values in their song but like you said they still pray and they still talk about scripture and they let people know about that so i like how it's open for everybody it's not just something that's in this little box because for a long time christian rap was not something that people actually listened to a lot i remember back in the day i used to listen to it and my mom used to have a fit because she'd be like yeah how do you listen to rap I was like, mom, it's Christian rap. But then again, my mom had issues with any music <laughs> that had drums or beats or whatever. So eventually we did talk and she kind of came around. But 
the whole thing was I used to listen to gospel gangsters back in the day and she used to have a fit. <laughs> like, how is that Christian? I'm like, mom, just listen to it. Yeah, she didn't see it. But I'm glad to see that Christian rap music has come a long way since those days. And yeah, it has. And it's not corny. It's something that people can actually listen to and get a message from. And I think that even people who aren't Christians can listen to it because it's a positive thing. Like if you want your kids to hear something positive, this is something you can let them listen to and know, okay, it's positive. (laughs) They're not going to come saying some things that I don't agree with or maybe saying some words that should not be in their vocabulary. You know, it's something that they can listen to and get a positive message from. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome as well that that it's finally being embraced by a lot of the churches, not 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 every church member, of course, is going to embrace it. But <clears throat> anything that that is different, at first, it, it, it's a little uh, abrasive to a lot of people. Um, people are not used to change, even though that's something that that happens in life quite frequently. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of the old older school, uh, or should I say, um, older saints, uh, did not embrace it at first, and some of them still will probably never embrace it. But it, it, it's leading the younger generation. Uh, a lot better because they can relate to what it is. You know, you have to be careful of the spirit of hip hop because I was raised on gangster rap and and Ice Cube and and Easy and and you know the list goes down the line too short. So it, it was that was leading me to a, a life of crime. So a lot of the older people are thinking that okay, well it's rap and it's probably it's probably a little, a little violent or it's it's just not not going to be right. But then if you sit down and listen to it, and you're like, oh okay, oh okay, because I. <clears throat> excuse me, um, there's a church that we go to in Children's, Texas. The first time I went, I just assumed it was going to be a black church because they, they were rappers and we're coming down there, Christian hip-hop rap, rappers. And uh, we get there predominantly white. And I'm like, oh, okay. And the reason I look like that only because the oldest is probably in 89, all the way down to uh, six years old. And they embraced us. It's not their type of music, but guess what? They love rap. They love Christian hip hop rap now. Um, so it is actually breaking down a lot of barriers and a lot of doors uh, through the grace of God, because it's nothing that we do, um, but it's God who, who opens those doors. And it's showing them that that hip hop is not the thing of the devil. And it's actually God using these vessels that he's pouring righteousness into. So now, I'm glad you pointed that out, because so many times we think that this is just what, you know, we, we take things and we're like, this is bad, this is bad, not realizing that the thing is not bad. It's just maybe some of what being said is not something that we can agree with. So you're showing that rap is not bad in and of itself. You know, it's just a vehicle. It's just like whoever's driving the car, they take it in the direction that they go in. So if it's someone who's driving the car who taking it into a direction of like crime or whatever and rapping about violence and everything. So, you know, that's one thing, but if you're using it for something else, then it's something that can be positive. So rap is not bad. It just depends on who's using it and how it's being used. And I'm glad you brought that up because so many people think that because it's a specific genre that, Ooh, this is bad. This is not something we should listen to. Truthfully, rap didn't start off bad. It was just, you know, repping your hood, repping your, your, your hood or, or having fun yeah. and, you know, just dancing and all that. And then it kind of took a curve for the left and it became gangster. Uh, but God has, has molded it into uh, for his people, you know, where, where you can receive a positive, holy message. And like you said, your, your kids can listen to it 
and they won't be picking up the bad slang. They'll be picking up sanctified and <laughs> holy and righteous and, and, and you know, uh, things of that matter. So, yeah. Okay, that is so true. Now tell me about a positive experience that you had in church and then tell me about a negative experience and how a lot it- of positive. Good. So tell me about the positive first bit. Uh, I've had so many positive experiences. Oh man, it, it, you know, for me, the most, the most positive for me is my son worshiping. Um, my, my son, much like, well, I was a single parent since I was 19. I've had my son since, since he was four months old. He'll be 28 in August. Like he'll come to, he'll come to church with me now and praise and worship. Oh, he disappears, hands in the air and he eyes closed and he's worshiping the Lord. He's looking on to heaven. Uh, as if he's talking, to, well, he's talking to the Lord. As, as if the Lord is right there with him, and he is. So that is the most positive thing for me, just seeing my son uh, as a true worshiper. Now he, he's he's young and he has he has a lot of things he's he's gonna have to put on the altar and, and give to the Lord. But it's just truly a blessing uh, for me to see him worshiping. So that's the most positive thing. Now the negative, hmm. The, the most negative thing I've seen in church, and, and I and I hate this, and I really, you know, hate is a strong word, but uh, judgment. I went to a church in Houston, and I had a Dallas Cowboy jersey on, not this one, but I had a Dallas Cowboy jersey on. I didn't have a hat on, but I had a jersey on, and I think shorts. It's hot in Houston. And it was a Baptist church, and they looked at me like, Satan just walked in the building. And, and so, if, you know, nobody said anything, but you know how people look. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should have worn my suit. But, I, of course, I'm going to do me because, you know, I'm going to come as I am. I don't even know. That's not even biblical. But I, I, I still, I know God. Uh, I don't think he'd have a problem with me wearing a, a jersey to church. So, um, but just in a nutshell, I, I hate I hate when people judge people. Um and do not give them the grace and mercy that God gave us. So let me ask you a question. What is some advice that you would give to someone who is looking for God, who is searching for him, and they didn't exactly know where to go or what to do? What would you tell them? Searching for God, looking for him, and didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot a lot of people, I, I was shocked to find out when I was in the pen, there was a lot of people I was locked up with in their first experience with the Lord uh, was actually in the penitentiary. They had never been to church before. I was like... I thought that was unheard of. Um, but so I would just tell someone to just start by getting on your knees and just, just come to the Lord and, and say, I can't do it by myself, Lord. I, 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 I've tried all my life and my way is getting me nowhere. It's, it's causing problems. I need help. When you realize that you need a savior, you've hit rock bottom and all you've done has failed, failed, failed. And you just come to the Lord with a pure heart and, and say, I'm tired of living this lifestyle. Lord, take this away from me. Help me. That's the start right there. That personal one-on-one relationship with the Lord. And eventually, before you know it, you're reading the Bible, which is the greatest book ever written. And I, and I was shocked when I first started reading. I'm like, this is amazing. Okay, I'm just going to read here. Oh, I couldn't even put it down. Um, but then before you know it, you're praying and, and, and you're fellowshipping with the Lord on a regular basis. So just start with, with, with praying to him. I like that. Because it is true about the Bible, though. I know that I've been reading. I've always read it. But mm-hmm. not like a book. You know how you go to this chapter one day and this chapter. But when you sit down, you actually read it like from cover to cover. And I just do that. I've started to do that because I wouldn't exactly sit down and just see what it says. You know, not adding anything to it. Not trying to find any, you know, great interpretation or whatever. <laughs> I just want to read the book. And so 
I've got, I got all the way to yes. Genesis. And it's funny, like the things I used to think when I was younger about how Bible stories were. You're like, oh, so that's not exactly how that went. But you see how interesting it is and all the things that happen. It's amazing. Like there are mornings I'm sitting out just reading chapter after chapter after chapter. And I literally cannot put it down because it is amazing. It is definitely a good book to read. So Amen. totally agree a hundred percent with that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show. It's been awesome talking to you and thank you so much for being on the finding God podcast. Wow, what an amazing story. My favorite part of the interview is when Trinity Trey talked about how for years he was straddling the fence. He would do things that he knew he shouldn't be doing, but then act another way when he went to church. And I love that because it shows us that God still loves us, even if we are not perfect, even if we do straddle the fence, even if we do things we know we shouldn't do, God still loves us. And it's evident just by how God showed up in Trinity Trey's life. It seems like God kind of went out of his way to let Trinity Trey know that, hey, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. It's okay. I got you. I still love you. And, you know, it's comforting because I know, well, I don't know about everybody else, but I know for me, I've also straddled the fence in my life. And during those times, God was still there for me. And it's comforting to know that God loves us unconditionally and he will be with us regardless of what we are doing. And he will let us know how much he actually loves us. Now, I also like when Trinity Trey talks about how God spared his life and how God saved him. Because I want you guys to know, if there is someone out there who's straddling the fence and be like, well, you know, I can't come to God. He's not going to love me. He's going to be mad at me. I want you to know that God loves you no matter what. And God is going to help you. I remember reading in the Bible, Paul says where, the good that I should do, I don't do. And the things I shouldn't do, I do. So it lets us know that we have a heart for God. We want to serve him. We just don't know how. And even our best efforts are going to come up short. That's why Jesus died to save us. That's why Jesus is there for us. It's not for us to save ourselves because we can't. We are incapable of saving ourselves. But that is why God sent Jesus to die for us because he knew that no matter how much he tried, it was not going to be enough. So he sent his son to die for us. And because of that, we are saved. And I love that because Trinity Trey shows that he tried to do the right thing. He wasn't always successful. I tried in my life to do the right thing. wasn't always successful. But it's when you have a relationship with God, you understand that you, we're not perfect. We're not going to be. But in our weakness, God is strong. When we do wrong, God forgives us and he cleans us and he cleanses us so that we can move forward in God. He doesn't reject us. He loves us. So that is the thing that I absolutely love about this interview. So if you don't remember anything else about Trinity Trey's story, remember that God loves us. He's not mad at us. And that's why Jesus died to save us because we cannot save ourselves. Now, the song that we're going to listen to today is called No More and it's by our Artist of the Week. Trinity Trey. So here's the song No More by Trinity Trey. Bye. Huh? It's your boy Trinity Trey. Can I chase? Huh? I was fake for a second, had to double back. I was blind in such way, got the van in such way. Let the better in my mind, we ain't never that. We gon' fight for better ways, so sight and better pray. Uh-huh. That's not my type, how would I look up? I love you on you. We gon' strong, remain true. Be way to 
hypocrite now All that we've been through Up and down, let down, then turn back around No way I'm gonna play I'm blessed that you stayed on me A silver lining in every cloud Refuse the living that I go A different route on me He changed, rearranged how I look at things New graces every day he made me worthy You'll see, became a better man A friend you can depend on Sorry for wrongs, that's why I wrote this song When you alone, you see your wrongs Know it's time to change I played too many games chasing money and the fame no the more love not the same so we can't relate you either on that right or wrong side it's no great debate turn these stones into bread yes i can can't fight for the bait living life on the edge there i was one step from fall away that was fake for a second had to double back i was blind in such way caught the van in such way left better in my mind when never that we gon' fight for better ways, so set and better pray. Uh-huh. They claim life's a circle. Let's break the chain. Bring God in this thing. Only way we gon' change. Holy faithful plus remaining true. Living love, do what it does. My life is living proof. Lord, as I sleep, I pray that my soul to keep. Made it through head to believe. Say anything can achieve. Lord, as I sleep, I pray that my soul to keep. Made it through head to believe. Say anything can achieve. Lost faith for a second, had to double back. I was blind in such way, caught the man in such way. Let the better in my mind, we ain't never that. We gon' fight for a better way, so sight and better pray. Uh. Became a better man, a friend you can depend on. Sorry for wrongs, that's why I wrote this song. When you alone, you see you're wrong, know it's time to change. I played too many games, chasing money and the fame no more. I played too many games, chasing money and the fame no more. Have an amazing day. Enjoy your weekend. And I'll talk to you again next Friday. Bye-bye.